Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be talking about five offenses that you need to be drafting players from in 2022 for fantasy football. This is kind of a different way of doing team previews for the NFL. Uh, Between this episode and the next episode, which will be five teams to avoid drafting in 2022, we're going to talk about about a third of the NFL and basically previewing each of those teams as we go through the episode. If you are somebody who prefers position-by-position analysis, please check out the podcast feed. I did my rankings for quarterbacks and tight ends, as well as buy and sell episodes for running backs and receivers. There is also the 2022 mock drafts special that I recorded with my friends Zach and Marcus. And as always, if you prefer reading, there is my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Got all our positional rankings on there, as well as the 2022 draft guide. The 2022 draft guide will pay for itself. All right, I think that intro is long enough. Let's start talking about some teams you need to be watching out for. Before we get into the list, I do want to talk about the purpose of this episode as well as the creation of the list. So this is not a simple, oh, these teams are going to score a lot of points. Get guys on these teams like the Bills and the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. It's not going to be that. What this is are five teams where if you look at the current projections with current touchdown rates, target shares, all that, these teams are being underprojected. And I think that they are going to outperform their projections, and I think that their players are going to outperform their ADPs. Now, one thing that we're going to be talking about is different reasons why this might be true. It's always important to figure out why a team might be better offensively this year than they were last year. So whether it's personnel changes, whether it is target increases or decreases, whether it is coaching changes... You know, all of these teams have some factor that I believe is going to lead them to outperform what they did last season and outperform where these players are currently being drafted in fantasy football. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with the list with the first team. The first team that I am targeting is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, this is an obvious selection, right? The Chiefs score a lot of points. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best offensive minds in the league. All those things are correct. But don't forget, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill last season saw 159 targets in the Chiefs offense. That is a lot. Between Hill and everybody else that is not coming back to Kansas City, the Chiefs lost 53% of all targets from last season. So what that means is all of those targets have to go somewhere else. And currently, when you're looking at Kansas City, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, and Miko Hardman at the receiver position. Well, currently, the only one of these guys that's projected to finish in the top 30 is Juju Smith-Schuster. We have seen over the years that the Kansas City Chiefs offense can certainly support two starting caliber fantasy wide receivers, and I definitely think that it is worth drafting more MVS and Miko Hardman for that reason. I am partial to more over the other two because I think that he is more explosive. I think that he more fits what they're missing in losing Tyreek Hill. Now, Travis Kelsey is another guy that I think you can target at any time because he's simply been the best tight end in fantasy football the last six seasons. And I think that with Tyreek Hill being gone, you know, if the target share definitely isn't going to drop. So Travis Kelsey is again going to be a very top tier fantasy tight end. 
Then at the running back position, I am not a Clyde Edwards Hilaire fan. If you listen to the podcast on running backs, I went on 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 and on about how I do not think he is a very efficient NFL player. So if you believe that that backfield is going to be a committee, then I would probably stay away from the running backs. However, if you think that one guy is going to take the hold and it could be Clyde Edwards Hilaire, then by all means, the one guy who takes the hold of it is going to be a fantasy superstar because of the opportunity that this offense creates. Personally, I think as of right now, Isaiah Pacheco is the guy to target. I know that in my running backs podcast, I hyped up Ronald Jones the second, but he has had a very bad preseason so far. He's not getting starting team reps. So I would stay away from him at the moment. Isaiah Pacheco seems to be the guy getting all the reps and getting all the hype. He's bigger, faster, better pass catcher than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So he certainly has the skill set that if he takes a hold of this running back committee, he is going to be the guy you want on your team. Again, this Chiefs offense is going to score a lot of points. And I want a piece of that offense, no matter who it is, because at any given moment, I think that any of these guys that I named could be in line for a big week there in Kansas City. The first team to target players from, the Kansas City Chiefs. The second team that I will be targeting players from for pretty much the same reason is going to be the Green Bay Packers. So the Green Bay Packers are losing Devontae Adams. And with that, Devontae Adams and his 169 targets are now in Las Vegas. Those 169 targets, again, have to go somewhere else. Now with the Packers, I've heard the argument that, well, Even if those targets do go somewhere else, they're not going to as good of an NFL player, and so those targets won't mean as much. And while that might be true, guess what? Those targets are still being thrown by Aaron Rodgers, and so I still think that there is plenty of opportunity for there to be points aplenty in Green Bay this season. For those targets, the first place that I expect some of them to go is to running back Aaron Jones. Last season, Aaron Jones finished second on the Packers with 65 targets, and I actually could totally see him leading the Packers in catches this season if he sees more of an Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey type role, which I think is very possible given what the Packers have on the outside. Also, it's important to note that Aaron Jones sees more targets when A.J. Dillon is active. Speaking of A.J. Dillon, I still think he is a viable fantasy back as well. People keep saying that A.J. Dillon will take over that backfield from Aaron Jones, and guess what? He kind of did last season. He finished with more rushing yards and touchdowns, but because of Jones' production through the air, Jones is still the higher caliber fantasy player. So I think that there is definitely, in this situation, room for two starter caliber running backs in Green Bay when they are both active. Now, when you look outside at the wide receivers, Alan Lazard is the guy I want. If you listen to the receivers podcast, you know that he has better production when Devontae Adams is inactive. And also, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who builds chemistry with receivers over time. That means that new acquisition Sammy Watkins is probably on the same playing field as the two rookies that the Packers drafted. The first of which is Romeo Dobbs, who I like a lot. He is getting all of the preseason hype, and Aaron Rodgers himself is creating some of that hype. So Romeo Dobbs is a late-round flyer that I would certainly be willing to take a flyer on. Then... The other rookie, Christian Watson, this was the one that was more highly touted when they were drafted, but he has been unhealthy so far in preseason, and that just, I don't know, I just feel bad about that because that's an opportunity for you to build chemistry and build that rapport with your quarterback that he is not getting. So I like Alan Lazard to greatly outperform his ADP, and I like Romeo Dobbs to greatly outperform his ADP. Every season that he has been healthy in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers has had a top 30 wide receiver, and I think that this year, 
Even with the absence of elite level Devontae Adams, I think that there will be a home for Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs in fantasy lineups this season. An offense that I will give an honorable mention that is in a similar situation as Kansas City and Green Bay is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is an offense that led the NFL in scoring last season, and we know that they are certified to score a lot of points. And those points will not be coming from Amari Cooper, who left for the Cleveland Browns and with it leaves over 100 targets for other pass catchers in the Dallas offense. Now, what I do not like about Dallas is it's a little more cloudy where those targets are going to go. Obviously, we expect some of them to go to C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, and they are being drafted as such as if their target share is going to increase. So that increases a little bit of riskiness on taking those two. Also, they have a rookie, Jaywin Tolbert, who I believe is going to get some of those targets, and Michael Gallup, when he gets healthy again, will see some of those targets. So while Dallas can certainly support two fantasy wide receivers, and I definitely think they can support two fantasy running backs in Ellie Empowered, I just don't exactly know for certain where those Cooper targets are going to end up. So for that reason, Dallas is only an honorable mention. They are not a part of the top five. There's an old saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, in fantasy football, that kind of applies because improved quarterback play will improve production for all pass catchers. That one's not quite as catchy as the original, but it definitely does apply. There are two situations this year where I think that improved quarterback play will lead to increased production. The first one is the Carolina Panthers. If you watched a Panthers game last season, you probably recognize that Sam Darnold was one of the worst, if not the worst quarterback in the NFL. His accuracy was terrible. He rated out poorly on deep balls, medium throws, and short throws. And so by Carolina adding Baker Mayfield this offseason, I think that that's going to increase production for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson specifically. DJ Moore was fourth in the league in unrealized air yards last season. And he already saw a massive target share in that Panthers offense. I think that DJ Moore is currently being drafted as if he still had Sam Darnold as his quarterback. And so you can get him now with improved quarterback play. And so if Baker just connects on 1% more passes than Sam Darnold, then DJ will be just that much better. Robbie Anderson is also going, depending on what site you look at, in the 50s in terms of wide receivers. And In terms of what he did last year, that's pretty accurate. But I think that the upside is much more there this year because Baker Mayfield, when he was healthy in 2020, was a top 10 deep ball accuracy quarterback. And Robbie Anderson is a guy who thrives on deep passes. All he needs to do is catch one deep pass for a touchdown in a game, and that's pretty much all you need from him that week. And so while he might not do that every week, it's definitely something that can win you a game if you start him and guess correctly. So I think Robbie Anderson is definitely worth a dart throw at the end of drafts, especially where he's being drafted at. I also think that Terrace Marshall is an interesting option. He will probably be on the waiver wire to start your fantasy season, and he probably deserves to be there because his rookie season was a little disappointing. But the Carolina Panthers run a lot of 11 personnel, which means that there will be one running back, one tight end, and three receivers on the field on almost every snap. And Terrace Marshall, I do believe, will be the guy that will be that third receiver. Hollywood Higgins is over from Cleveland with already an established rapport with Baker Mayfield, but I think that Terrace Marshall will see more snaps on the field than Higgins. I also think that it's also worth mentioning that Tommy Tremble, like the Panthers drafted him in the third round last season, he was a very solid blocking tight end for them his rookie season, and he scored a few touchdowns as well. I definitely think if you're in a deeper league, 
it's worth a look at Tommy Tremble because he's going to be on the field for his blocking. And, you know, you don't get points for blocking in fantasy football, but if he's already on the field, he's going to get a few looks here and there. If he scores you a touchdown in a 16-team league as you're starting tight end, then that's all the production you need from the tight end position that week. So Carolina Panthers, definitely an offense to watch this season. Another offense that will be helped by improved quarterback play is the San Francisco 49ers. So when it comes to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo was always a serviceable quarterback, but he is not a quarterback that thrived on throwing the ball deep down the field. Brandon Ayuk is a very capable deep ball receiver, as is Debo Samuel. So I think that both of those receivers will see an increase in production because they will get deeper targets this season than they have been in years past. If you look into Brandon Ayuk, last season he showed up to camp very out of shape because, like, his rookie year was a COVID season. He didn't know that he had to show up to camp in shape because that's how it went in 2020. So once he got in shape, once he got up to speed, he was really, really good over the second half of last season. The first half, he was utterly terrible because he wasn't in shape and Kyle Shanahan was, you know, rightfully so irritated at him. So I think that Brandon Ayuk, if you look at the second half numbers from 2021, I think that he will be able to sustain those and improve on them heading into 22. And I think that he will definitely outperform his ADP with where he's being drafted at. I think that George Kittle is also always a viable fantasy option in tight end, and he will be Trey Lance's security blanket. So I think that Lance will look to find Kittle early and often in games, and if Kittle sees an increased target share, then he's going to be well worth the position he's being drafted at as tight end four. I also think that the running back situation in San Francisco is actually relatively clear compared to a lot of teams. I think Elijah Mitchell is the running back you want, and I think if anybody were to take carries away from Elijah Mitchell, it would actually be Debo Samuel. I think that both of them are, while Debo Samuel classifies as a wide receiver, I think that both of them will see a large majority of the carries. I'm not worried about anybody vulturing touchdowns or stealing carries from those two. So I think that Elijah Mitchell is a pretty safe bet to not end up in a committee. And like I said, Debo Samuel is the only other guy that will see carries this season. Another situation that's pretty similar to these two is the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you watched last season, Ben Roethlisberger did not throw the ball down the field at all. He was awful when he tried to throw deep. And I think that whatever you feel about Pickett and Trubisky, they're not great NFL quarterbacks right now, but they're better throwing the ball down the field than Ben Roethlisberger was last season. The reason why Pittsburgh only gets an honorable mention in this podcast is because those targets are going to be very crowded. I think that there's three really good receivers in Pittsburgh between Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and George Pickens, and they also have a solid tight end in Pat Fryermuth. I will say, though, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have probably the clearest running back situation in the NFL. Najee Harris is the sole running back that will see usage throughout most NFL games. So if you're looking to draft a second Pittsburgh Steelers running back, it would be as a handcuff, and that would probably be Benny Snell, but I do not think that Snell will see the production level that Harris sees when Harris is the starter. But like I said about the receivers, I think that you've got three different skill sets with Deontay Johnson being the elite route runner and elite possession receiver. I think that you've got Chase Claypool, the physical big body downfield target. And then I think you've got George Pickens, who is just kind of a budding star who's an elite level athlete. So I think that, you know, all of those targets, I don't know exactly how they're going to play out, but I'm definitely willing to take a look at all three of those guys, given where they're currently being drafted. Let's take a quick break and then talk about the last team that finds its way into my top five. 
If you like all of the stats that you are hearing in this episode and you are wondering, where can I have access to those? Well, you are in luck. Head to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is all available and more in my 2022 fantasy football draft guide. Only $3 a month to subscribe to my Patreon and it will pay for itself with this draft guide. It's got all the information that you're hearing and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is the draft guide that will help you win your league this season. One reason that a team might be underprojected or undervalued in fantasy football is because it's difficult to quantify what an improvement in coaching will do for an offense. The team that I think fits this statement is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are the fifth team that I want to target heading into this season. Last season, simply put, under Urban Meyer, the Jacksonville Jaguars did not have an NFL quality coaching staff. It showed in every facet of the game, specifically in the simplicity of the offense that they were running with rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Well, guess what? Trevor Lawrence is now in his second year. He's had 16 games as a starter to learn and develop into becoming a better NFL quarterback. And now he gets Doug Peterson to be his coach. Doug Peterson, who you might remember, won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia by making Nick Foles and Carson Wentz look like great NFL quarterbacks. So I think that this coaching change to Doug Peterson is going to give Jacksonville the ability to score a lot more points than they did last season. And I think that they're currently being projected to score about the same, depending on where you look for your projections. So I really like Travis Etienne. If you listen to the running back podcast, you know how high I am on him. And I also think that there is room for a receiver to be fantasy relevant in this offense as well. And I think that the guy you want is going to be Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was about wide receiver 30. If you look at the games over the second half of last season where DeAndre Hopkins was banged up, this was also not when Kyler Murray was at his best. So if you think that you know, if you're looking at Kirk as receiver 30 in that situation, I think he has the potential to be better than receiver 30 in his situation in Jacksonville as probably the number one target guy. And guess what? Christian Kirk is currently not being drafted in the top 30 wide receivers. So I think that it's totally viable to draft him at his current ADP and expect him to return top 30 receiver production. So the two players I want in the Jacksonville offense on my team are Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk. And I think that if you were in a deeper league, both Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram are viable options for their position. And if you're in a standard 10-team league, they are both very viable high upside backup options. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a team to watch out for in 2022 in fantasy football, which it feels like forever since that has been the case in Jacksonville. Another team that saw a major coaching change and will make the last honorable mention for this list is the New York Giants. Last season, the Giants were led by Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, and it did not play out well for their offense at all. This season, they get Brian Dable coming over from Buffalo. You know, the Buffalo that has been one of the top five scoring teams in the league the past two seasons. So I think that it will be a definite improvement on the coaching side. And I think that we will see the best Daniel Jones that we have seen to this point in his career. I know that doesn't sound like saying much, but Daniel Jones, I think, could be a viable backup quarterback option in fantasy if he is able to produce under Dable the way Josh Allen did. Well, he doesn't even have to do what Josh Allen did. Just do about 75% of what Josh Allen did, and he'll be a viable option. I also think that the Giants have a very clear running back situation. Saquon Barkley is the guy you want, and pretty much nobody is going to be competing for his carries on a game-by-game basis. Now, the reason they did not make my top five is because the receiver room is a little crowded. They are still paying Kenny Galladay a lot of money to be a receiver there in New York, and he did not score a touchdown last season. Kadarius Toney had a 
kind of solid rookie year, had a few good games, and I think that he will be the guy that I would most likely draft out of that receiver room. And then Wandale Robinson is the rookie that came out of Kentucky that is seeing a lot of hype in the preseason. So I think that while Tony is the guy you want to draft, Galladay and Robinson are the two guys that you want to keep an eye out for on the waiver wire in case they become viable options when they start scoring points in the Big Apple. So there you have it. Including the three honorable mentions, those are eight teams that I want to get exposure to on my fantasy football teams in drafts this summer. Again, these are not going to be the highest scoring offenses in the league, but what they are are eight teams that, for various reasons, I believe are going to have players outperform their projections and outperform their ADPs. If you did not listen to the running back or receiver podcasts, I highly suggest that you go back and listen to it because I go on a semi-long rant about how ADP matters. Everything in fantasy football is relative to value, and in fantasy football, that value is where you can draft these players at. You always want guys that are going to outperform where you draft them, not underperform from where you draft them. So if you didn't check out those podcasts, please check them out. Also, if you want my full fantasy football draft guide or my fantasy football positional rankings for the 2022 season, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. As always, I'm here to help you win your fantasy football league this season, so I hope you were able to get something from that. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time with the five teams I am not targeting this fantasy football season. Mm-hmm.